The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you. Hello, Fire Whiskers. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Debt of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. And try to stay on topic. Which is easier said than done. Without further ado, here's this week's chapter of The Debt of Time. It is now time to premiere season nine of our pod. Fire, whiskey, and honey is back for you. And here's Cat with what had happened was. Well, it's going to be a short ass what had happened was because I was just telling him about that. I forgot to write it down and I don't have the energy to skim through all this shit. So. It was like three. Basically. It was three things. Anyway. Yeah. Basically. Hermione got the Potter bracelet that Sirius gave her. And she's like, I I shouldn't have this. I'm not a Potter. Like, take the bracelet, Jesus. And then Sirius and Harry were having that talk about that book thing. And then that's when I was like, oh, my God. And then Hermione goes into the past. Remus goes to Hogwarts. And the last thing was the bright, great Gatsby kind of light thing going on there. And I'm... Nobody told me. <laughs> Wait, pause. Because Claire literally was like, okay, we're going to start recording and then y'all are going to take this off and do what I have with was so I could eat the lunch that was delivered 20 minutes ago that I totally forgot about. And so she's gotten literally two bites in and Kat's already done and she's giving such death glass. Oh my God. Death glare daggers. Well, that's why the, you're going to give the... The death glare was not for her. It was because I had turned myself on mute because I'm nice. And didn't want you guys to hear the crunch, crunch, crunch. Thank God. Um, and the death glare was actually at my phone because I forgot to turn it on silent. And I was like, oh shit! <laughs> and then I was like, wait, it's okay, I'm on mute. But well, that's also why Hannah Beth can do the job. recap of last season because I have no idea what happened. So at least they get what had happened was and then a recap if they need it. Yeah, okay. Right, so, so I'm going to keep chowing down on my Italian yeah. BMT and uh, you do you, boo. Yeah, so... The book that you're talking about is the, um, it's a nobility book of the, of the, what's it, 28? Genealogy book of the uh, sacred 28. Sacred thing. I was like, what is this stupid word? Thank you. Um, and in a couple of chapters back, Sirius had torn out the page that had the Potter family tree on it because he didn't want Harry seeing Maya's name. So then when Hermione takes the bracelet and snafus back to 1971, I had to think way too hard about that um, date. But anyway, um, when Hermione disappears, Sirius is trying to explain what's going on. And he says, hey, so by the way, I tore this page out. But it's okay because you can still see this stuff if we follow the Black family tree. And so, incorrect. I don't believe he told him he pulled it out of the book. Yes, he did. Did he? I thought he just said, "Hey, look, let's look at the Black family because that'll show you everything." No, he said he lied, and then he okay. said, it "Doesn't matter because you can see it on the Black family tree anyway." So, 
that's when you freaked out about Maya. Claire's dying of something. Spicy ranch! Spicy ranch! What in the white people? Okay, um, anyway. Okay, get the fuck out of here. It's got jalapenos in it. And you're white too. I realize that just made me sound extremely white. Jalapenos aren't actually that hot. I should have said something worse, like scotch bonnets or something. Yeah, you definitely just proved your own point. But anyway. I only married a Latino. I'm not myself. I mean, I'm, I'm working on it. Either I'm very white. Oh, put gochujang and gochugaru in a lot of my food. Oh, no, I'm just giving you shit because I made you... a sriracha crema last oh night for my bulgogi meatballs. Ooh. Oh, so good. Thanks, HelloFresh. Sponsor hungry. us. Hungry. Anyway, um, th- what would you try to do from the season recap? perspective cat like what do you mean you need a recap for i don't season? need it claire like, just said that someone was gonna do it for the listeners i don't need this shit we, we finished the other half of book three Ta-da! <laughs> we finished the other half of hermione aging up i don't even remember where season eight picked up on um maybe i think did it pick up right after Prisoner of Azkaban, where Sirius was like, hang on a minute? I don't know. Um, We're not paid professionals. We're volunteers. I mean, I'm Sorry. a paid semi-professional. Okay, you, you are a paid professional. I, I mean, very poorly, but yes. <laughs> I don't think it breaks minimum wage, but we're trying. Can at least buy her a coffee every now and then. It it breaks minimum wage in my state, but that's not saying much. Anyway, this is not the political rant we would like to go on today. Um, I think it's... Didn't we have two 12-chapter seasons? Or was the season 8, 13 episodes and then season... Season 8 was 12. Season 7 might have been 13. 7 was 13. So 8 was 12. So that means the first episode of season 8 would have started on chapter 114, which is right after, it's right at the beginning of Order of the Phoenix. Somewhere between 4 and 5. So after... The Goblet of Fire, but before Sirius dies. Correct. So, season eight starts with Sirius going back to his house for the first time after being reinstated. Anyway, so, um, yeah, anyway, the dead of time. Anyway, the dead of time. Hmm. We are going to make the podcast a little more fun because, like they said, um, I told them we should record and originally I thought we were recording Patreon content. So I was just like, yeah, it'll be super chill and like, you know, not uber professional because this is only going out to a couple hundred people and not thousands. And then I ordered food, which I also forgot about. And then, uh, hopefully the last one for the ADHD jar, uh, today's my first day on Adderall. So, um, I got super focused and cleaned up my entire baby's, uh, closet and reorganized it. And during that time, forgot that I had texted them and also that I had ordered food. So, um, 
I, I was mean, not expecting to record, so. Oh my god. There's soda oh, involved. My life. I will say, I do think, did Kat just like dip out for a second? <laughs> I just totally missed Yeah, that she literally went like, ah, and then left. Oh, fun. Okay. Sorry, I'm definitely not checking work teams messages while this happens. Um, That's fine. We're definitely not doing this during work hours. Sidetracked. Definitely not. Um, I doubt it's the last thing for the ADHD jar since I have gotten officially diagnosed with ADHD. Yay! Welcome to the club. Yeah, in the process of actually doing testing to see where the areas are. I mentioned it to my therapist the last time I talked to her. And she's like, oh, honey, I already know that you've got it. We don't need to do that. I just need to fill out the paperwork for you. Sorry. Someone rang the doorbell. And the part of the reason why my mom had to go to the doctor is because she has this pain going from her butt to her leg and she can't walk. So I had to make sure it wasn't anything important because I'm the only legs. (laughs) I feel like that thing in Toy Story with the fishing pole. Okay, Okay, wait. Cat Cat lives in a stilt house, though. No, I know. I just was... I was going to cut the part out because it's about her mom going to the doctor. And then she said, I'm the only legs. And now that's what I want the title to be because that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) I'm the only legs. (laughs) I don't know why, but that just reminded me. um, So when I was 17, 16, 17, it was my junior year of high school. So 16 turning 17. Um, my dad very unexpectedly um, lost his job. He did eventually get justice. He was able to uh, prove that they acted maliciously um, and he should not have lost his job. Unfortunately, that didn't give him his job back, but he now seems very happy. He's a high school teacher. Anyway, um, so he was not employed. Um, my mom was a homemaker at the time. Um, she'd worked like when I was younger, but basically been a stay-at-home mom because she was homeschooling me. Um, and so she became like a substitute teacher while he was out of work. And then summer came and obviously substitute teachers don't really work over the summer. Um, and my dad was still, you know, trying to figure out what the fuck he was going to do about his job. And I got a summer job at borders bookstore and my sister was on summer break from college and had not yet started her nannying position. And so 17 year old me that summer, uh, is hanging out with my parents and one of my dad's oldest and best friends and i was like hang on a minute oh and my dad's oldest and best friend who had worked with him who had also gotten fired is sort of like the warning shot across the bow for my dad so all of them are unemployed and significantly older than i am obviously and i looked around the room and i was like wait a second am i the only person in this room with a job and they all just kind of look at me two of them have their masters one of them was a special forces badass and is now like an investment banker And they all just kind of look at this 16-year-old punk-ass kid making $8 an hour at Borders and went, fuck, she makes more than all of us. Oh my god, I forgot we had a Borders. (laughs) I was like, we don't have a Borders. Yes, we did. Now it's a pet store. Yes, we do. It was where the pet supermarket was. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, mm -hmm, that was my first, like, corporate America job. Uh, I did, in fact, never cash my last check because I forgot to pick it up and then... The company went bankrupt, so I never got it. <laughs> Hilarious. So, so that's, you know, $27 or $127. <laughs> like $127. It's just gone. That's fine. But yes, th- th- there is a moment of pride where 
the people who combined had, you know, stupid amounts of education and experience and me making $8 an hour porters out earned them all. Come by. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> My dad's okay. friend still likes to tell that story. But anyway. I would like time. to say this chapter is very yeah. long. Oh, and, okay. And, yes. and yes. also, not only is it long, so much happens and there's going to be so many things that are going to need to be explained. I have a feeling. Okay. 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 Breathe. I did, in fact, re-listen to episode 97, so hopefully some of this is still kind of fresh. Um, for those of you who don't oh remember, chapter 97. It, oh, did the doorbell ring or are you yelling at me? No. Doorbell rang. Because she's the legs. She's the only legs. <laughs> she's the only legs. <sighs> okay, just as an FYI, because Kat is gone. Um... This picks up literally the next second after the end of book three. Okay. If you haven't. So I'll, I'll, I'll read the last, like, sentence. We good? How are you doing, only legs? Oh my god, you could make money. Instead of only fans, I'm only legs. She could make money on OnlyFans with her only legs. No one wants to see these. I could make more money selling my underwear. Uh, excuse me. I've seen your legs. You have nice I legs. I could make more money selling my underwear online, wearing them around and having people <laughs> sniff them. But as gross as that is, I am tempted just because money. But also like feet pics. Like I've considered it, but I don't think my feet are pretty enough. But maybe people all like my funky actually, feet. Actually, because Claire, they're like, I'm like, it's an excuse to go get pedicures yeah. all yeah, of the time. Yeah, but actually, Claire, our favorite hippie actually knows somebody who does the underwear thing. And when she told me once what? the amount of money that she makes, I was like. I could sell I, dirty I could sell underwear. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. I think you've talked about this on the podcast before because I was not Intrude. on that episode. And <laughs> listening later and going, what in yep. the hell? Wait, <laughs> I want to. How much money? <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So, um, I know we kind of already did like a recap, but I just want to really drive this home so Kat knows exactly where we're picking up. So, oh, we okay. covered this before you called in, so okay. she knows. I just wanted you to be aware. Since okay. okay. The other okay. two of us were aware. So yes. So Remus moves all the desks aside in the defense classroom at Hogwarts. And suddenly he glances down at his pocket watch and suddenly the center of the room is engulfed in a bright blue light. Also keeping in mind that the last thing that happened in chapter 97, which is the chapter episode where um, Maya disappears into the blue light. um, The last thing she did was she called Remus. Remus figured out what was going on. They panicked. She did a Patronus to Sirius where she basically said, you know, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I couldn't change anything or whatever it is she says and then it cuts off mid patronus and he goes there and she's gone um and she had her vinewood wand the one that she bought in 1971 in her hand and she's wearing um sirius's quidditch jersey well that's disappointing and green hot pants oh and green hot that's pants very disappointing which i'm like i need some green hot pants 
Much disappointing. Sorry, I was just reading a sentence and it was something about the Quidditch jersey slipped off her shoulder. I thought it was going to get dirty, but then it didn't. And I was like, well, that sucks. Stop reading ahead. Bad cat. (laughs) We need a spray bottle. (laughs) Chapter 126. Amber Eyes. Oh, read the whole name of book four. I don't have the full name of book four. I'm oh, on fanfiction.net. On AO3, it has book four, The Soul Bond, Amber yeah. Eyes. Okay. Book four, The Soul Bond, chapter 126, Amber Eyes. Also, as a reminder, during the pack bond mate thing in the orchard, after she got bit, her eyes used to fluctuate between chocolate brown when she was her and the amber eyes of her fox if she started to feel like animalistic and angry after the po- the pack bond was cemented her eyes stayed amber all the time and they never went back to chocolate brown like hermione's very important to note okay now that we have all of that out of the way oh and one final thing sirius gets a oh fortune God. in his fortune cookie at the bar that says uh or at the flat that says your uh, infinite capacity for patience will be rewarded. So that was all in chapter 97. September 19th, 1998. Remus held his breath, his heart pounding with anticipation. The bright blue light faded from his vision, leaving behind a witch kneeling on the ground and clutching her stomach. He waited nervously, frozen in fear as his gaze raked over her familiar form. He had just seen Hermione at Grimold Place, but was she still Hermione? She let out a few soft coughs before taking several deep breaths. Her hands fisted, barefoot, and wearing nothing but a pair of green hot pants and a Gryffindor Quidditch jersey. Long, honey-brown curls fell over her shoulder, loosely braided. She slowly turned around, meeting his gaze uncertainly. Remus, she whispered. His eyes stung with unshed tears as he met her red-rimmed stare. Amber eyes. She had amber eyes. Not daring to hope just yet, he swallowed nervously, his steps slow and precise as he moved toward her. The oversized Quidditch jersey slipped off of her shoulder when she stood up, revealing a silver crescent-shaped scar. Remus's eyes widened as the wolf inside of his head howled in recognition of the mark. He rushed forward and scooped her into his arms. Maya sobbed loudly against his chest. He could already feel her tears soaking his shirt. He stroked the back of her head and breathed in her scent, repeatedly kissing her hair as she cried. She was alive and here, safe in his arms. No, no, no! Remus pulled away from her, cupping her face in his hands to stare into those amber eyes. Maya, send me back, she pleaded, tears streaming down her pink cheeks. I want to go home. At her request, he felt a stab of regret. He brought up a hand to wipe at his own eyes before lowering his head to kiss her forehead. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I did this to you. She gripped him again, burying her face against his chest as she continued to weep. I'm so sorry, love, he repeated softly over and over again. 
A short while later, the tears were dried up, and the two sat on the floor of the classroom, Maya lying in Remus's lap. She sniffled as he ran his fingers through her hair, the braid long since heaven come undone. Am I really back? Do you hate me? Remus murmured quietly, absently running a finger along the mark on, a mark on the ground. I betrayed you and tricked you into touching the time-turner. I could never hate you, Maya snapped at him and sat up to stare at him in the face. You promised me you would do it, and you kept your promise. I didn't understand at first, but now I do. Oh, Remus, she whispered with a sad smile, reaching up to touch his face. Look at you. Remus chuckled, ducking his head slightly. Old and ugly. You've always been beautiful to me. Maya leant forward, placing a chaste kiss to his mouth as she had done a thousand times before. When she pulled away, her eyes widened and she shrieked, Oh, Merlin, you're married! Remus laughed, the noise sounding hoarse to his ears. His throat was still tight with overwhelming emotions. Tonks understands. I told her everything long before we got married. She's actually a little. Well, you're a black. You know how your family is he said, rolling his eyes. "'You're married,' Maya said in awe, looking down at his hand to admire the simple wedding band there. She smiled, looked at him, and all too quickly smacked him on the arm. "'You got married and didn't invite me to your wedding!' "'Ow!' He moved away from her repeated strikes. "'Didn't really have a choice, did I? You weren't you. It would have been weird.' "'I've always been me,' She glared at him, scooting closer so she could run her fingers through his hair. The amused expression on her face told him that she was examining the gray streaks. She turned her attention to his face, glancing over the scars that had not been there minutes earlier for her, years for him. Suddenly, her smile vanished. Jamie. Lily. Remus frowned, his heart breaking for her. He remembered exactly what it felt like when he received the news that his friends had been murdered. He assumed that knowing about the event beforehand would not make the grief any easier for her. She blinked her eyes rapidly, and he watched as she swallowed hard. I know nothing changes. She took in a slow breath and let it out through her nose. What did Jamie think happened to me? I left the flat right after you banished, and I went to Dumbledore to tell him what happened, Remus said. The order was told that you died on a mission. Her brows furrowed. That doesn't even make sense. Yes. I have a question. I think you might have explained this to me before, but I can't remember if I even asked or what you said. But okay, so she knew that Jamie and Lily died as Hermione, yeah. right? So now she's Maya, and Maya obviously didn't know because he had to tell her. So even though they are quote-unquote the same person, how come they don't have the same memories? Huh? You know what I mean? Like, like okay, as Hermione... yes. She knew that James and Lily were dead, yeah. yes? No, so no, 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 she knew, she knew. Apparently she knew it was she coming, she knew no she couldn't change it. Jamie... It's just... Okay, 
OK, because that kind of made it sound like no, she no, didn't she, know, like he just told she her knew. For the first time. It's just you need to remember that, like, okay. when she left, I think it was a year and a half, almost two years before that happened, because she's born September 1979. They're murdered October 81. 30. Yeah. Yeah. 31st, 1981. So is it. Okay, because that what you read made it sound like she didn't know what he was telling her for the no, first no. time. So I just wanted she, to know she, how she, they she don't knew. Have the it's same, just like, the difference between knowing as, it's like, going to happen and okay. your brother was alive 30 seconds ago and now he's gone and has been for. And no, not 30 years. For 30 years. No. 17 years? I can't years? do math. Four. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Ni- okay, 19. Sorry, I was no, 19 years. 17 years because no, there's a two year gap. 17 years because 81. Brain. Okay, that's not how it made it sound because I was like, wait, how come she doesn't know? And like, how come they don't have the same memories since they're the same person? They do. But okay. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Also, um, while we're talking about sad things, uh, I just heard from Blaze. Oh, um, no. For those of you who are in the OG Fire Whiskey and Honey group, you know that his sweet baby girl, Penny Lane, was not doing real well. And she's We're talking gone. animal, not human, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. His, his beagle. Aww. And she's gone. That's so sad. Yeah. Hold on a second. Was he a Beatles fan? Yes. We've talked about this a whole lot. Okay. I didn't know okay. that. He has all of the original Beatles. You all won't let me be in the OG group. How am I supposed to no. know this? You're segregating um, me. You racist. Yeah, he he has signatures from all of the original Beatles. Oh, we <gasps> talked about this on the pod that he's a huge Beatles fan. That's not yeah. just a deep breaths. I loved that little Aww. girl. That's good. I need it to uh, fuel me for what's about to come. All right. <clears throat> Her brow is furrowed. That doesn't even make sense. Remus shrugged apologetically. It's what they were told. Few believed it, of course. And an investigation was opened, but Dumbledore kept a tight lid on it. I think he even prevented the Prophet from printing anything about you. After a while, with so many others going missing and dying. People just kind of assumed that you were the first casualty, you know, after Mary. Hmm. He sighed, refusing to mention the massacre at graduation where her father had been killed, or the attack on St. Mungo's where they had both lost their mothers. And then Lily got pregnant and James was... very busy. Maya smiled faintly. Harry. James was a good father. Remus told her. I knew he would be, she said quietly. I never wanted to cause you any pain, he whispered, reaching up and brushing away the hair that had fallen in her face. I know, and it's not your fault, she sniffled, pressing her cheek into the palm of his hand. What am I going to do? What am I going to do without Jamie? She asked, her voice breaking again. I never even got to say. Oh, no. You'll do what we all had to do. You'll grieve and then move forward. 
Maya bobbed her head, visibly choking down another sob. At least I have you. You were all alone, weren't you? It's all right, he assured her. You vanished, and I was the only one who knew why. It wasn't pretty. Peter, well, we now know... Crap. Peter, well, we know now why he wasn't around much. Maya growled. I should have killed him. He died anyway. She shook her head. Not soon enough. Not painful enough. Yeah. Hold on, I've got like tears dripping all over my face and snot coming out of my face. <sighs> Neither did a lot of people who probably deserved it, he said, trying to calm her down, petting her head consolingly. She turned and narrowed her eyes at him. If he had, for a single second, forgotten that this was no longer Hermione Granger, he was reminded in the reproachful look she gave him. Don't you talk down to me, Remus Lupin. Just because I look 19 doesn't mean that my head isn't... Shit, how old am I? Remus blinked and tried to do the math. 27, maybe? I lost count a few years ago, she said with a frown, her nose scrunching up a bit. Got frustrating to try and keep up especially since I didn't even celebrate my real birthday. Not that it matters. The de-aging potion I took altered me on a hormonal level, and I'm sure if I had the ability to look at myself on a cellular level, I'd see... I'll help you make the calculations later, love. What was that face? Let's get you home. Cat just made the weirdest face about calculations on a cellular level. No, she sounds like freaking Reed from Criminal Minds. Like, on a cellular level, this unsub, and I'm just like... <laughs> She, like, that's what he, she reminds me of right now. Like, that's because uh, Hermione slash Maya's way of processing things is, let's throw all of the information we can find at it. It's classic anxiety. <laughs> yeah, everything is, oh, let's math it out. That's not Math, me. science, logic. I'll help you with the calculations later, love. Let's get you home. He reached out for her arm, interrupting her before she descended into a monologue. Suddenly, she looked lost, sadness creeping back into her expressive eyes. Where's home? Potter Manor? Godric's Hollow? Hogwarts? Grimmauld Place. Maya swallowed. Okay. Remus removed his travel cloak and draped it over her. Attempting to lighten the dark mood that had fallen over the two of them, he said, you're going to freeze like that. Honestly, what are you wearing? I was getting ready for... She trailed off, her gaze shifting to the side. He did not bring up the subject again as he walked to the door, opening it for her. Reaching for the marauder's map, he recalled that he had left it in the pocket of his cloak. As they paused in the doorway to retrieve it, a figure appeared in front of them. Minerva fixed Remus with a stern look. I was under the impression that you had turned down the offer of defense professor. I should say that I'm thrilled if you've changed your mind, though it's quite late to be making house calls, don't you think? An owl would have been sufficient. Remus nervously rubbed the back of his neck as though he had been caught out after curfew, and she was going to give him detention any minute now. Eyes turned toward Maya, 
Minerva took a deep breath and curtly said, Right then, which one are you? For a moment, Maya looked stunned into silence by Minerva's appearance, but she slowly let a devious smile take over her features as she muttered, Nice to see you, Minnie. Minerva grimaced at the nickname bestowed upon her by Sirius. Well, Miss Porter, I can't say that I'm extremely pleased to see you. It was only last week I was discussing with Hermione Granger about her return to Hogwarts to complete her seventh year. Oh, Maya waved a hand. Yeah, go ahead and cancel that. I completed my seventh year already. I'm well aware. Maya smirked, rocking back and forth on her heels. Still upset that I beat your record? Minerva sniffed, her eyes narrowing just a smidge. Considering you'd gone through Hogwarts twice, I'd hardly consider it fair. You should be proud. You educated a muggle-born well enough that she was one day passed off as a pureblood and became... and became better at transfiguration than you, Maya said, before quickly amending her words. I mean... When you were a student at Hogwarts, I don't think I'm better than you now. Minerva let out a heavy sigh. I will miss Hermione Granger. She was a lovely, polite, and hard-working girl. But I am very glad to see you standing here and alive, Maya, she said, emphasizing her name and reaching out to embrace the younger witch. Please know that you will very likely have a rough road ahead of you, readjusting. But... I am here should you need me for anything. Thank you, Minerva, Maya whispered, holding on to her. Now, you'll not be apparating, Minerva continued briskly, looking at Maya's clothes. Especially in that, Merlin. I've forgotten how ridiculous the fashions were twenty years ago. Never mind, it's freezing outside. You can use the flu in my office. Maya stayed rooted to the spot, her face frozen. Something wrong? Remus asked, concerned. The portraits, Maya whispered. Is Dumbledore there? Minerva glanced at Remus, who silently shook his head at her. Dumbledore was not a subject to be trifled with when it came to Maya. Her hatred of the man was bone deep. He was not entirely certain, but he suspected that if he focused on it, he could feel her loathing through the pack bond. If you'd like... Minerva began. I could go ahead and ask him to leave for the time being. At Maya's quick nod, she smiled politely. Right, then. I'll go on ahead. You just come up whenever you're ready. Password is Tabby Cat. Remus looked down at Maya once Minerva left to give them a moment. Okay, can we just talk about how bad the teachers are at, like, passwords? Everybody knows Dumbledore likes candy, so he just keeps making his password candy until people can guess it. Yeah. Minerva turns into a cat. Her password is Tabby Cat. Yep. The security standards at Hogwarts are highly lacking. I don't understand how it's safer than, uh, I almost said Gryffindor, Gringotts. I mean, because there was Dumbledore there. That's why. But also, <laughs> like, they had a security troll and thought that was going to work. So. Fair. Fair. <laughs> security troll. <laughs> I guess you could say he went on patrol. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's almost as bad kidding. as the joke that i said the other day 
It might be worse because it wasn't even that funny. <laughs> it I asked, wasn't. I said to Kenny, I said, where do bad rainbows go? And instead of saying where, he goes, what's a bad rainbow? And I said, just answer the dang question. Where do bad rainbows go? And he was like, where? And I said, prism. <laughs> and he was that like, that's, that's actually a funny. really good joke. That's actually funny, though. Oh, Clarice oh, wasn't. What do, you, what do you call a cow with no legs? Oh, my God. No. Read. Ground beef. What do you call a cow with only two legs? Lean beef. I think you killed Hannibal. (laughs) (laughs) And not with laughter? Question mark? What do you get from a tiny cow? No, stop it. Condensed milk? Stop. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Those are all my cow jokes. I got them from the plumber who visited the other day. Of course you did. (laughs) I get my best joke from a plumber. Alright. Did he show you his butt crack? <laughs> he did not. He was very nice. Also, they wear coveralls. <laughs> Love? I refuse to see him. He needs to be gone before we go up there. I didn't change anything, and he stopped me from... I know you're angry. Remus interrupted with a sad pang in his chest. But Dumbledore didn't kill James. Voldemort did. Four people killed my brother. Maya looked directly into his eyes, an angry scowl on her face. Voldemort held the wand. Peter delivered them to him. And Dumbledore and I did nothing to stop it. She raised her chin, eyes shining with unshed tears. Voldemort and Peter and Dumbledore are dead, and I, unfortunately, will have to look at myself in the mirror every day for the rest of my life, knowing what I've done, what I chose not to do. It wasn't your fault, he insisted. She shook her head quickly, shrugging him off when he tried to console her. I've no one left to take my anger out on. If I see Dumbledore's portrait, I will fucking set it on fire. She finished calmly, with a blazing gaze. Maya. No! He knew I could change things. He knew I could save lives. I may not have tried in the beginning because I was scared and I thought he was right, but I wanted to... I wanted to try! She rubbed the tears from her eyes. Even if I could forgive him for letting James and Lily die, he let the Dursleys raise Harry. I know what those muggles did, and that I will never forgive Dumbledore for. Never. Come on, love. Remus kissed the top of her head. Let's go home. Stepping into the office, Maya saw it was evident that Minerva had settled into the space well. Despite her affection for cats, the walls were not plastered with ugly little kittens on plates as Dolores Umbridge used to have. Instead, there was an overall level of comfort and organization, with everything having a welcomed place where it belonged. Maya smiled at the sight, letting the unfamiliar decor of the room ground her, but she glanced up to where she knew Dumbledore's portrait hung. Upon seeing the empty frame, she exhaled in relief and took a step forward towards the fireplace when a voice from the wall called out to her. Very interesting attire, Miss Granger. She turned up to stare at the portrait of Severus Snape, having long forgotten how her old former professor looked. The last time she had seen him, he had been just a boy. She supposed being in Voldemort's presence and under Dumbledore's thumb had a way of taking years off a man's life. 
You have a problem with my clothes? She boldly asked the painting. I think I look quite fit in these. She did a little spin for him, smirking when the portrait blanched in disgust, only making her smile widen. I'll thank you not to stare at my ass when I leave. Snape's eyes narrowed as a realization clearly dawned on him. He sneered in her direction, his upper lip curling as he spat out, Potter! Snape! I see you've made it back after tumbling through time. Pick up any fleas along the way, he inquired, his attention briefly turning to Remus, who rolled his eyes in reply. Maya snorted in amusement. You don't bother me any more, Snape. I think six years of listening to you prattle on about how inept I was at potions and how I was a know-it-all at everything else was more than compensation for me punching you in the face. Twice. Twice, Maya agreed, which I apologized for, if you remember. I remember. Snape cleared his throat, suddenly looking uncomfortable. He glanced at Remus and then Minerva, seeming annoyed that they were still in the room. Thank you, he eventually mumbled, looking as though the words were painful to say aloud. For what you said to me. Maya's shoulders dropped. I'm sorry she never forgave you. I truly am. It was not one moment of my life that ended our friendship, Snape acknowledged. She was not so petty as to let one word destroy that. But I can admit now that I was not good to her or for her. Not that your brother was any. Watch it! Maya snarled, the growl coming from low in her throat. Snape smirked as he fell silent, then gave a curt nod in her direction. Maya took a deep breath and sighed. For the record, you were a better potions professor than Slughorn, and I am grateful for your instruction, even though you were a giant arse about it. Snape merely dipped his head toward her, saying thank you once had clearly been more than enough for him for one day. Oh, Maya said with a grin as she stepped towards the fireplace. By the way, it was me who set you on fire during my first year, and also I stole from your personal stores during my second year to make Polyjuice Potion in order to sneak into the Slytherin common room. Oh, and I was the one who... Lovely seeing you, Minerva, Remus interrupted, grabbing Maya's hand and tugging her toward him. He gave her a tight smile as he reached for a fistful of flu powder, throwing it into the fireplace. Number 12 Grimold Place. Minnie. Maya said, smiled pleasantly at her old professor as she stuck one foot into the flames before turning towards the painting of Snape, waving jauntily at him. Severus, always a pleasure. Whew. I have two memes that I found recently that go with this episode perfectly for those two parts. Make note to share them. Yeah, because I found one that said that Matilda is basically if Hermione was raised by the Dursleys. <laughs> and... I sent that to Kenny and he's like, I have questions. And I was like, what? And he was like, he asked the same question that I asked you guys about how Hermione can be magic if her parents aren't magic. And I was like, well, I already asked them this question and I think this is what they said, but I can't remember it. I think you told me that it was basically like how sometimes in families like the red hair gene is there and it skips generations and then it comes out like randomly like yep. Hannah Beth's kid yep. yeah so that's what I said that I thought what you told me and apparently I remembered correctly yep it's basically an ultra recessive gene yay 
And also that part where she's saying that she did all the bad stuff reminds me of that part in Friends when Monica and Ross's parents are there. And he's like, by the way, Hurricane didn't break the porch swing. That was Monica. <laughs> oh, and the mailman didn't steal your Playboys. That was Ross. That's hilarious. So and accurate. Quick husband brag. Um, my husband is the youngest of three and he has two older sisters. And growing up, they lived on a farm and had four wheelers. And his sister was driving around and on the four-wheeler and ran it into a tree. And pretty badly damaged it, I think. And she was a senior in high school. And so prom was coming up. And Jimmy took the fall for her so that she could go to prom. And both of them kept their mouths shut, didn't say anything. And then I guess at a cookout a few months later or something, his dad had kind of like ragged on him a few times about it. And his dad made a comment at the cookout. He's like, yeah, you know, this little guy, he went and, you know, ran one of my four wheelers into a friggin' train and blah, blah, blah. And Jimmy was finally like, I didn't do it. She did. <laughs> and the entire, and then Jimmy still got in trouble because he lied. <laughs> Dude, that's the only, so that I don't remember what the situation was, but the one time that I covered for my sister, I got in trouble for lying. So I was like, <laughs> fuck this shit, never again. Dude, yes. Like, oh, no. Man. What? No. <laughs> You're on your yeah. own, bro. My my grandma used to like cherry coke and I like cherry coke. So every time we she would come visit, we had cherry coke. So I'd have a cup, and she'd be like, "Well, you drink it, dirty water," because I had no siblings to blame it on, right? And then eventually, when I was at the imaginary friend stage, I was like, "My imaginary friend drank your cherry coke. <laughs> it wasn't me. That wasn't me. It was Patricia." <laughs> yeah, I I didn't do that. Oh my god. I swear to god, I'm going to encourage my child to have an imaginary friend and encourage him to name it Patricia <laughs> just so he can say that wasn't me, it was Patricia. <laughs> I'm not out for parenting awards, guys. It's fine. All right. <clears throat> yeah, that's why you're going to give him socks when he's 18 to be like, James is free! <laughs> Get the fuck out! No, I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that. But yeah, that that might be like the first time he gets his first lease. I'm just going to give him socks. Yeah, but part of my present from my parents, my dad gave me socks. Five <laughs> pairs of socks. Bro, socks are amazing. I get them every year for Christmas. But it's the best part of adulthood. I don't know what I'm going to do with these because these socks look like the kind you wear in hiking boots. And I ask him, what are these made out of? And he goes, it's a type of wool that keeps you cool. It's merino like, wool. It's merino wool. wool. Like, it's really nice wool. <laughs> those are fancy. Those, those, those are fancy those socks. Are yes, you fancy wear them. adult socks. You wear them in boots in like cold weather or in summer weather if you're hiking. Which I am not. I clearly. You're not going to do in Kiva. I wear them when my feet are cold and my house moccasins that I am currently wearing aren't cutting it. I put those on because they're thin enough that they don't stretch my shoes out weird. But also fair, I use them fair. as a layering tool when like we're hunting and it's 15 degrees out. Yes, yeah. um, I just I... found it weird because, like, what am I supposed to do with these? <laughs> That's hilarious. Wear them when it's cold. 
That's what. Oh, yeah, for two seconds in December. <laughs> yeah, Claire. I mean, remember when we were in high school, the temperature dropped to 60? I was like, Uggs! <laughs> no, 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 no. It was Uggs when it was 68 degrees. And when it hit like 60, people were wearing full blown parkas. Um, can you do the translation into Celsius, friend? Oh, yes. Um, yes. 68 and 60. Which is not a big spread, but when you think about the fact that the entire island stays between 70 and 95 degrees year round. Okay, so 60 is 15 and a half degrees Celsius. 68 is 20 degrees Celsius. So, yes. so, it, so at 20 degrees Celsius, we were wearing Ugg boots and at 15 and a half, we were wearing parkas. I would like to... <laughs> Wait, what was the temperature that you said? It gets the hottest 95? Is like the, as hot as it well, gets? Well, uh, it can get up into the high 90s. With the heat index, it'll go over 100. But um, yeah. Yeah, I'd say like 97, 98 is sort of the high end of where it gets and yeah. like stays. Yeah, so 90... 98 degrees. We'll go with that because it's a great band. Yeah, that's 36-ish degrees Celsius. So that's where like... Texas, our hottest days will get to like 107, which is like 42 Celsius. Yeah. Is the hottest yeah. I've ever seen it outside? Yeah, no. We had, my my grass is dead, which usually it doesn't die until like the end of July, but all of my grass is dead and crispy in yeah. mid-June because yeah. it was over 100 for a week solid. Yeah. Um, it was 85 the other day and I was like, oh, it's so nice. Oh, did I tell you about going outside when I was freezing in my house because my husband cranked the air conditioning down? So I went outside to thaw out and I really enjoyed it. I was like, wow, the temperature really came down. It was really hot earlier. It's really nice outside. It was like 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night. Um, and then I checked the temperature and it was 97 degrees outside. <laughs> but it was 106 that like mid afternoon. Yeah, so ninety seven feels good. It, you know, it's a ten degree drop. It felt really nice out, and I was like, "Wow, it's officially Texas summer when ninety six at eight o'clock feels amazing." Mm -hmm. All right. Anyway, the date of time. Before Harry even took his first step towards the stairs, Sirius jumped up and grabbed his arm. Oh, right, because Harry wanted to go upstairs and check on Hermione. Maybe let's leave Hermione alone for a bit, he suggested, hoping that he didn't sound too suspicious. He knew something like this could happen. Harry hated it when people kept secrets from him, with good reason. Sirius was very similar. He remembered more than one heated argument with Maya that started because of her secrecy. Granted, it turned out she had a pretty bloody good reason, and he finally understood the position she had been in for so long. Tell me what's going on. Harry demanded, looking at Sirius as though he could see right through him. Fine. Fuck. Right. Sirius ran his hand nervously through his hair, knowing that he would have to start somewhere educational before he even got to the issues with Hermione. He cleared his throat. What do you know about magical bonds? Bonds? Harry's brows furrowed in confusion. Didn't Bill and Fleur have something like that at their wedding? Sirius groaned painfully. Oh, Merlin, I've really failed you as a godfather. Harry's ire visibly retreated at the comment. He shook his head to disagree. What? Don't say that. You're... you've... Interrupting, Sirius sat down at the table, dragging Harry by the elbow into the chair beside him. I'm fixing this, starting 
right now before someone shows up and starts hexing my ass for neglecting my magical duty. Already he could see Maya's flashing amber eyes and hear her screaming, You didn't even teach him about bonds? That's the most important foundation a wizard or witch needs to know, Sirius! Well, his bitch ass didn't learn Occlumency like she told him to, so what do you expect from him? I'm sorry, I... The cackles, the barks of laughter, and they're not cute barks, are just bad today, but I don't care. Alright, so, bonds. He began, clapping his hands together. There are several different types. Familial, which you are usually born into, unless adopted. Marital, which is self-explanatory. Servitude, meaning the bond between a wizard and house elf. And soul, meaning, well, soulmates. Werewolf packs can also have bonds. While he still looked slightly bewildered by the new topic, Harry appeared appeared to be doing his best and trying to keep up. So, Tonks and Remus? Sirius bowed his head in acknowledgement. Are bonded twice, yes. Once because she's his mate, similar to a soulmate, but it's more werewolf pack-oriented. And again, because they were bonded at their wedding. Oh my god, is he about to tell Harry that they all bumped in the orchards? <laughs> oh my god! Maybe. Oh my god. Were my parents bonded? Harry asked. I've never really thought about their wedding. Sirius smiled, remembering the way Lily's eyes lit up at the sight of the floating bluebell flames he had created for her. Yes, it was... it was beautiful, he whispered. When your mum and dad bonded, Lily was magically sealed into the Potter family. Divorce is nearly impossible in the wizarding world, Harry. Breaking a bond is physically painful because your magic is interwoven with the others who share the bond. Familial is a little different because it's so natural, but the bonds we choose, well, breaking them is... He hesitated as he remembered Remus describing to him the cold, painful feeling that he had felt when James and Lily, and even himself, had died. "'What does a bond do?' Harry inquired, breaking Sirius out of his dark thoughts. "'It strengthens your magic. It ties you to the person, and you share magic, really, but only if the bond is sealed. Every bond goes through three stages—preparation, provocation, and sealing.' So, for instance, you and I share two types of bonds. Familial, because I'm your godfather. That bond was prepared when I became friends with your parents and shared bonds with them. It was provoked when your father asked me to be your godfather and sealed the first time he placed you in my arms. Usually, bonds are sealed through a ritual, but we don't really have one for godparents. You share a similar bond with Teddy. Harry's eyes widened suddenly as he finally understood. Is that why I'm so protective over him? I didn't want to say anything because it seemed weird, but I feel like he... belongs to you. Sirius asked, and Harry slowly nodded. Yes, that's exactly how I feel about you. He ignored the tightness in his chest at the look of sudden elation on Harry's face. Instead, he smiled and cupped the back of Harry's head in his palm. You're not just the son of my friends. You're mine. My boy. Harry cleared his throat and swallowed hard, looking like he too was trying to fight through the emotions that were surfacing. It's all right, Harry, Sirius said, offering him a bit of relief. There's more to go through. You share another bond with Teddy that connects you and I, through Remus, a pack bond. 
When we were teenagers, your father, Maya, and I became a part of Remus's pack. Not Pettigrew? Harry asked, curiously. Fuck no! Sirius spat, scowling. Cowardly little shit wasn't there when... Sorry. Maya wouldn't have had him in the pack anyway. She couldn't stand Peter. Harry's brow furrowed again. She couldn't. Then... Why were the rest of us still friends with him? Sirius asked, and then shrugged. She had pretty decent reasons at the time, but Maya got really smug when she was right about something, and, well, your dad. Once you were friend with, friends with James, you were family, and there were a few times when Peter and I had a falling out, but James would never let it become permanent. So how does the pack bond include me? It's a very strong bond that extended to your mother and to you, because the wolf and Remus saw Lily as my sister and James's mate. You're their, well, their pup, or I suppose baby deer. He chuckled at the annoyed look on Harry's face that so resembled James. Either way, Mooney sees you as a son of the pack. Teddy, being Remus's son, connects to you that way. Pack members kind of share. Harry raised a brow. Share what? Fluids. <laughs> But fuck, that also happened. Still a bit. Okay. Sirius forced the image of the orchards <laughs> from his mind and cleared his throat since that was not at all the direction he wanted to take the conversation. <laughs> well, children, for one, I suppose. When you were born, you were all kind of ours, I guess is the best way to look at it. Werewolves raise children as a pack, so that's why Remus is protective of you as well, and why you feel the same for Teddy. You've got a big heart, Harry, but this extends beyond that. I know you've struggled because you've gone without family for so long, but you have a family. We're family. Family is more than blood. Harry smiled softly. I... I like that, he said on the end of an exhale, as though he'd been relieved of a heavy burden. Wait, did you say my mother was your sister? Sirius barked a laugh. Yeah, it was never sealed, so she wasn't Lily Black or anything. But we kind of provoked a familial bond, he said, remembering the day he had given Lily the Potter heirloom bracelet, the same one he and Harry had given Hermione earlier that night. I even stepped in as her family when she married your dad. Harry smiled as though he liked the idea of his mother being connected to Sirius that way. So, does that make you my uncle, then? Sirius thought about it for a moment, and sighed as he realized that, technically, he was a great many things to Harry. He was practically brothers with James, bonded brother to Lily, and had planned on marrying Maya at one point in time. Had things turned out properly, he actually would have been, Harry he actually would have been Harry's uncle. Let's just keep it at Godfather for now, yeah? It sounds more prestigious. Harry chuckled. All right. The bond I had with your mum, Sirius began again. You have that with Hermione. Me giving her that bracelet tonight, and you telling her that she's your sister, that pretty much magically made her your family, Harry. 
Not your sister, exactly. She would need to be adopted into the Potter family for that to happen. But she's tied to you forever. Do you understand? Harry nodded, his expression holding no regrets over what he had said to Hermione earlier in the evening. Some bonds are stronger than others, and some witches and wizards are magically in tune with them. Maya could actually see the bonds when she meditated. Came in pretty handy once or twice, Sirius said with a short laugh. I can't see them myself, but I can feel some of them, like little tiny strings pulling at you. Harry took a moment and closed his eyes. I think I feel it, or them, like something right there. He pointed to his chest. It's pulling in different directions. What does that mean? Which directions? How many can you feel? Not sure. One for sure goes straight to you. That'll be the familial bond. It's one of the two you've had sealed. They're stronger that way. So what does this have to do with... Harry began, and Sirius could tell that he was trying to bring the subject back to Hermione. Sighing softly, Sirius licked his lips and whispered, Maya and I shared a soul bond. You were soulmates with my aunt? Harry asked, eyes widening. Wow. Yes, Sirius confirmed with a slightly jerky nod of his head. It's very rare. What was that like? Sirius laughed uncomfortably. Intense, he said first, and then added, Awkward, uncomfortable, horrible, wonderful, awful. Harry frowned. I don't understand. I didn't want the bond at first, Sirius told him. I thought it meant the magic would force us together, and that we wouldn't have a choice. I'd gone my whole life being told what to do. I'd already had my parents ready to force me into an arranged marriage I knew would be terrible. And I didn't want some magical force to do the same thing. And I... I loved Maya too much to let her be treated similarly. I thought she deserved better than me. So, it was awful. But bonds kind of make you protect the other. You want them safe and happy more than anything else. He thought of Remus and Maya and his insistence that they give it another go. It got really complicated for a while. Did you ever seal it? No. Sirius replied, shaking his head. That would have meant marriage and I fucked that up pretty bad. So, does your soul bond with my aunt mean that you and Hermione aren't? Sirius took a slow, deep breath. Despite Harry being calm and collected for the majority of the conversation, this was a turning point. Right. So, to prepare any bond, there needs to be emotion. Love. I love you. You love Teddy and Hermione. Remus loves all of us. I loved Maya. To provoke a bond, there needs to be action. James asking me to be your godfather, Remus asking you the same for Teddy, me giving Hermione that bracelet, and you confirming it. Sometimes, bonds are provoked by magic. What kind of magic? Harry asked suspiciously. Not dark, just gray-ish. Harry, when Hermione brought me back from the Vale, she used blood magic, an old ritual that uses an uncollected life debt. When she called me from the veil, she provoked a bond between us. Sirius looked down at the table, worried about making eye contact with Harry and seeing his reaction as all the pieces began to fit together. 
With his eyes downcast, a distinct lack of movement on the page of the book in front of him drew his attention. So does that make Hermione your... Oh, shit. Sirius mumbled, cutting Harry off. His breath quickened at the sight of the Potter family tree where Maya's faded name no longer hovered, but was moving, unmoving, and solid. There, below her name, an invisible hand had written her date of birth, her actual date of birth. Maya Potter, born 19 September, 1979. Unable to tear his eyes away from her name, Sirius felt more than saw Harry lean over to look at the book with him. I don't understand. I'm sorry, Harry, Sirius said as he realized what had happened. Maya was alive, alive, and here, in this timeline, whatever Remus did had worked, and the book recognized it, recognized that she was finally Maya again and back in the world where she belonged. Serious? He looked up at his godson, hoping he did not appear as vulnerable and panicked as he felt in that moment. Please remember I would never do anything to hurt you or my family. Harry's eyes widened. Serious, what the hell is going on? Just then, there was a whooshing sound of the flu in the other room being activated. Sirius! The shrill, feminine scream sent a shiver down his spine. She was angry. Hermione had been angry with him plenty of times, but that tone? Hermione had never taken that tone with him before. Rushing into the hallway with Harry on his heels, Sirius stopped dead at the sight of her. His lips parted and his breath hitched in his chest. His gaze raked over her body, which was so much more perfect than he had remembered. Bare feet and pink-painted toes, long, slender legs barely covered in a pair of green hot pants. The Quidditch jersey hung off her body loosely, but he could still see her curves, see her, how her long, soft curls flowed over her shoulder and breasts. His hands twitched at the need to bury his fingers in those curls, became overwhelming. Her shoulder was bared, and he could see the scar, the pack mark. Serious, she whispered, breathing heavily. He met her gaze, and his heart leapt. She had amber eyes. Fire whiskey. From behind him, Harry confusedly asked, Hermione? How'd you... What are you wearing? She slowly stepped forward, not taking her eyes off of Sirius terrified that it was not real despite the evidence. Sirius's voice broke as he whispered questioningly. Hermione? He had not realized until she was close that there was no softness in those amber eyes. They were blazing. Two things happened very quickly, much too quickly for him to properly respond. First, her eyes narrowed, and second, she hit him across the face hard enough to turn his head, the sound of a loud smack echoing in the hallway. Sirius winced at the sudden pain, gripping his jaw as he turned back to look at the witch, hair sparking wildly as she glared viciously at him. He grinned at her. Maya. <laughs> and scene. I'm so mad right now. Because <laughs> that little pep talk just did not go the way I thought it was going to. I thought he was literally going to tell Harry about the orchards and he was going to be like, what? I was so prepared for sassy Harry and him to be like, what? You oh, he's did? coming. What? Oh, yeah. Just wait. Oh, the sass. You're... Oh, he's coming. I'm so excited for her to just read I'm like so... all of book four. 
there's so much sass between Harry and Maya and Ginny and Tonks. Narcissa. This is so, oh my god, I hate this. I love this. (sighs) I love book four. It's the best. I love book four so much. (laughs) I think I possibly like book four more than book two. Mm Mm-hmm. I do too. But you can't appreciate book four without without book two, or book three, because book you don't three. appreciate all of the little pieces and threads that come together. For sure, <sighs> I'm excited. So, besides being mad that he didn't give details about the orchards, any other general thoughts, feelings, hand gestures? Not really. and with that let's go ahead and thank our july patrons we'd like to thank our july patrons we're gonna start with our dogs wolves and stags we have just p-h-e just p-he just fee not sure what your name is but excited to have you on board and we have another one that i cannot pronounce malin i believe Thank you so much. Sorry, your guys' names were super hard to pronounce this month. If I totally butchered that, please let us know, and I will repronounce it properly on our next episode. Thanks! Now, we'd like to thank our July Foxes. We'd like to thank Lisa, Muggle Trucker, Tyler Maria, Anthony, Professor Magana Got It Going On, Claire Soothes My ADHD Goblin Brain, Jade, Tori, Camille, Leanne, Sierra, Stacy, Morgan, Kiara, Sandra, Bridget, Martina, Kayla, Shannon, Lynn, Claire, Nicole, Kenny, Jackie, Amber, Jordan, Ryland, Diana, Matthias, Ash, Carissa, Rachel, Kaylin, Ashley Lynn, April, Kara, Audrey, Kara, another one for the baby jar, Sarah, Melissa, Catherine, Cassie, Crystal, Cauldron Mist, Ryder, Nina, Dan, Samantha, Sylvia, Shauna, Miriam, Kendra, Jillian, Crystal, Misha, Becky, Chris, Sarah, Crystal, Frau Holly, Matthew, and Jasmine. And thank you so much again to all of our July Patreons. Welcome, glad to have you with us, and we're excited to bring you more fun content this month, especially because we're going to be together at the end of the month. Yay! Very excited. Um, A month from yesterday, or four weeks from tomorrow. From the recording, yes. Uh, They're going to be hearing this on July 15th. No, no. I know. By the time time you hear this, we'll be together two weeks from then. Two weeks from then. Yay! So psyched. (sighs) I can't wait. But in the meantime, we will see you next. Fire Whiskey Friday. Watcha! Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, fwhpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. 
Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.